Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Unbeatables. Today, we're joined by Ryan O'Leary and Scarlett Kimbrell and Lauren Klim of the Franklin's Grizzly Cubs, who just won sectional 13. Uh, how are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited for regionals next week. Yeah, yeah same. Very excited to make it to regionals again. Yeah. All right. And we won't know uh, we won't know the who else is in that bracket until I guess Tuesday now. Yeah. In terms of uh, weather postponements, but at least based on you know if favorites hold, I'm guessing you'll probably the expectation is I would think Columbus East in the semifinal and probably BNL waiting on the other half of the bracket. Yeah. Um, just any thoughts on any of the teams you might potentially see there? Um. Well. We haven't we haven't talked about Columbus East a lot, but we watched their game against Bedford, so we know they're going to be a tough challenge. But we played Bedford last year, so we're pretty familiar with the way they play. So I think we'll be really prepared for regionals. Do you feel like obviously you were able to win in their gym last year? You know, do you think not having to go down there and potentially facing a team like that on their home court will be more beneficial to you guys? Obviously, you know, Columbus is a gym you're familiar with as well, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you can go. You can go. Okay. Yeah, I feel like last year they just had so much more energy because they had so many more fans down there, like because it was their hometown. So I feel like now that it's like a neutral setting, it's just easier on us too. Yes, for sure. I think that's been an issue. I mean, those Center Grove teams, like three years ago, they always had to go down to Bedford and play the and that regional, and that was always definitely an issue that was kind of regurgitated to me through Stuckmeyer that it definitely does change the environment when you're playing in kind of a sterile, neutral environment. So it definitely should give you guys a benefit there. I will say though, from uh, the first, the one year I was in Columbus when uh, Columbus North and Center Grove actually was in that regional as well. It was at Columbus, but Bedford's fans travel extremely well too. Mm -hmm. So while I, it may not be quite the atmosphere that it was in their gym, they are still going to have yeah. quite a few Bedf- fans there. But. Bedford loves basketball, so I'll be expecting a big turnout for sure. Yeah. You guys feed off that energy, though. I know, obviously, um, you know, on uh, Friday night especially, it seemed like where you had the uh, Chick-fil-A-sponsored student section <laughs> there and all that good stuff. You know, you guys definitely had – you know, a crowd behind you. Do you guys feed off that energy, especially in these, you know, postseason type of Yeah, I think I think it makes the game so much more fun and more interactive and it's just more exciting and everything you do, like you know people are watching you, so it puts more pressure on you, but it's like it makes the game a lot more fun. Yeah, you're definitely like more scared to mess up. But like even getting like yelled at by the student section, it doesn't like make the game less fun or anything. And when you see, like, all the fans that really out, come out and support you, it's just so cool to see how many people really like to watch you guys play basketball. Yeah. What do you feel like was the difference? It seemed like, you know, Friday and Saturday both that it kind of took you guys maybe a little bit a little bit of a while to get going to kind of get that separation. You were down two against Center Grove at halftime, and, you know, Greenwood was still pretty close at the half. But those it seemed like that third quarter is when you guys were really able to kind of kick things up a notch what do you think made the difference in those two games as far as kind of getting you back on track in the in the second half 
Yeah, I think we come into games and we're just like nervous or we overlook our opponents. So at halftime, it's like a reality check for us. And so we like change our game plan up and really get our mindset on the goal is to win. So it really just brings us back down and we know how to play. One thing that stood out to me on Friday in the Center Grove game, and especially in that second half when you guys made that run, um, everybody talks about the three-point shooting with you guys. But the thing, one of the things that sticks out to me, too, is that just the whatever it is, you know, just always making the right play. It seems like you guys just always kind of know where to be. You guys don't make stupid mistakes, turn the ball over. It's just making the smart basketball play every time. And that always seems to get overlooked, you know, behind the three-point shooting. But, I mean, where did the – where do you feel like that kind of foundation came from? Because, I mean, you see a lot, of, a lot of kids your age are making silly mistakes out there, and it just seems like that's something you guys just don't really ever do. I think it's just the way we played, like, our whole lives. Like, we were just trained from a young age not to make mistakes, and we just know exactly where to go because that's how we played our whole life. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, um, as looking at this sectional, I mean, you know, you guys obviously, Corinne and Ashland aside, have a pretty young team. Center Grove doesn't have any seniors. Greenwood only has one. You're looking at potentially running into a lot of these teams next year, kind of the same, you know, it's going to be a lot of the same teams you're going to have to deal with. Are you kind of looking forward to potentially having these rivalries through your entire career with, you know, obviously you know, a lot of these center Grove girls like Aubrey and people like that, that, okay, we're going to, we're going to run into them again. Yeah. I think it's exciting because since we have such a young team and so do other schools, like we've been playing these girls since we were in third grade. And so it's exciting to always see them again. And um, we expect the same outcome every single time. Yeah, say so you guys are kind of used to you guys are used to beating just about everybody from elementary school on. But I mean, as you kind of get get onto this stage, and obviously when you hit high school, there's more eyes on you. And by now, the expectations are what they are with you guys. I mean, I'm sure it's no different than what you expect from yourself. But I mean, do you guys mm-hmm. feel that pressure and stuff when the when the TV cameras are coming around and you're starting to get a little bit more a little bit more of a target on you? Do you feel that at all? Um, I don't really feel it that much because, like, like we said earlier, our team has always, like, expected to win and stuff. So, like, all these teams who are coming after us trying to beat us, like, we've always expected to win against them. So, it's, like, nothing new for us. Yeah. I guess speaking of teams that want to beat you, the one team that did beat you this year, Westfield, is no longer with us. Um. <laughs> So it's really, there's no one left in this bracket that has beaten you guys. I mean, did you, you know, obviously they're unbeatable. Some would say, yeah, there's kind of a, <laughs> the one, uh, are we changing the hashtag now? I think I mean, we have hey, to. I th- if they win state and go undefeated, I'll change the hashtag. I know you guys don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves, but is there a temptation <laughs> sometimes to kind of look ahead and when you see like, Oh, Westfield went down or, such and such lost I mean are you kind of watching what's going on elsewhere and kind of just taking mental Um, notes even if it's not necessarily at the front of your minds right now sometimes in the back of our minds we do but we'd have to take it game by game we can't overlook any opponents because that will come back to bite us yeah I mean there aren't obviously going to be any bad teams left at this point but what do you think is the key for you guys to kind of staying on track and being able to to run the table and get to the field house Um, I think 
Okay. Oh, I think the key is that uh, no more slow starts. We can't start games mm-hmm. slow anymore, and so we have to keep the intensity going throughout our warm up and then to start the game. So it's kind of felt like all year you guys have had with anyone really you guys have played. You guys have had the the two best girls or the best girl on the court. And when you get further in this postseason, it's kind of changes the dynamic where the depth is kind of, and that's kind of been your guys' signature. Like in the sectional, mm-hmm. you could argue that you guys had the six best girls on the court at all times. And does it kind of get, does it change that dynamic where it's like, you may have a Noblesville where they have the best player on the court. Does that kind of change the dynamic where it's like, okay, everyone needs to chip in because it can't just be our stars. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Like we have six, uh, six or so of the best like girls that on one team, and like if we just all play together, we should be able to beat those teams that have just like one or two good girls. For sure. I mean, I think so much of your guys' success is, has been that you guys can move the ball so well and you work so well in the full court whenever you're getting those steals and getting those stops. And I think we saw that against center Grove when you guys mm-hmm. just started really inside, you guys just were overpowering them and yeah. you kind of made your way to the court. And it, it's kind of felt like all year that no matter what you guys will have someone who can score the ball for you. And that's kind of been your, I would say your kind of calling card is that, okay, well, if, Maybe, Lauren, you're not having a great night. You're not hitting threes. Or, Scarlett, maybe you aren't hitting threes. Like, you guys will have Trailer or uh, any one of those girls who could kind of step up for you. Do you feel like it's been different this year? I mean, obviously, I think, you know, Ashlyn and Adeline kind of bring a different dynamic, especially on the defensive end. But, you know, you guys are kind of getting fewer shots from outside maybe than you did last year. And, obviously, there's only one ball to go around. It's – do you feel like there's a different dynamic? And I guess what do you think is better and or worse about the lineup you guys have this year as opposed to what you had a year ago? I think the dynamic's definitely different. But, um, like, when the the sisters moved here, like, they just fit right in and we're still winning games just like we were last year. So, mm-hmm. whatever we're doing, it's working out. So, I hope it just continues to do that throughout the tournament. For sure. As uh Certainly no arguing with the results so far. So we'll see if you guys can uh, keep it going. And, you know, I guess sometime here in the next couple of days, we'll uh, we'll know who's up next. But Yes. Yeah. Indeed. So, no, we appreciate you guys coming through and sharing some of your wisdom. And I know <laughs> Sam has been talking trash, he said, after watching the horse video that, we did with you guys last year that he could do better and that <laughs> I actually have never said this. He I don't wants, know where this is coming to. He wants a piece and I do not know. That's not that's, true. Sam, that's not what Sam likes to say a lot of stuff. Oh, <laughs> thanks Scarlett. I appreciate that. No, but yeah, I do not want any of the smoke on the horse. I think I would, I think I'd probably do better than Ryan, but that's not saying much. I mean, if you look at mm. it. No, it was pretty bad, but you know, it's not. It's also not really fair when I don't get a chance to pick the shot ever. So <laughs> I just needed them to miss once in a while, which just didn't happen. So yeah. But, well, hopefully you guys can continue that in actual games, not just against the Ryan O'Leary. But yeah. true. Well, thank you for coming on the pod. We really appreciate it. Thank you.
Yeah, thank right, you. Good luck the rest of the way, ladies. Thanks. Thanks. All right, All right Lauren Clem, Scarlett Kimbrell, Franklin winning the sectional this past weekend against uh, well, Greenwood in the final game on Saturday evening. But um, you were there for at least Friday's game. And what, what were your thoughts on what you saw on Friday, Sam? So from – I was very interested in how that Greenwood-Franklin Central matchup looked. And that, I thought that was a great kind of illustration of just how – great Greenwood is defensively and they have just continued to we've I mean we've kind of sung their praises in the past but they've just continued to get better and they just can win all these grind out games and obviously Franklin got the best of them in that final but I think it is very exciting for that squad that they are able to do that and I mean like you mentioned they only lose one senior so I don't think they obviously that senior is super important to them Kelly. Mm-hmm. but I don't think they're going to take a huge step back next year that they won't be able to compete and they're going to be below 500. I think they are going to be able to really kind of continue this great streak of defensive grinders that they, you know, beat out mm-hmm. Franklin Central in a 20-point fiasco of, like, it was just they they are very, very good at that, and I was very impressed with them on that, on that end. And, you know, ending – season in what six years i think six years since yes. uh since holly Hoopengardner was there uh you know, the last indiana all-star they had back in 2016 but yeah this was their first year winning a sectional game since then first year above 500 since then and i feel like you know it's taken a little while for it to take hold but you know what justin bennett's got going on there mm-hmm. is pretty impressive you know he's got a you know still kind of a little bit limited in what they can produce offensively um but from a decent defensive standpoint, I think, you know, the girls bought in, they've got athletes there. You've got a couple of all County soccer players. You've got, you know, Brooklyn bell giving them some height. Who's, you know, also pretty good on the volleyball court. They've get, just got, they've got athletes and, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of really bought in and decided, okay, this is where we're going to make our money. And, you know, to come into that Franklin game, having won nine out of 10 before that and, not give and even losing to Franklin. I mean, they their regular season game against Franklin. Um, you know, they got 82 points hung on them, and then obviously quite a bit different story on Saturday night. They were able to kind of keep the score a lot lower, keep the, keep the game closer, and you know, kind of got away from them a little bit at the end. But I mean, certainly a a better showing, and you know, certainly better than a lot of teams have done against Franklin this season. So. You know, I was pretty impressed with Greenwood. And honestly, I was impressed with uh, even though Center Grove lost and lost by more than they did in the previous two games against Franklin, I was impressed with the shot making because that was something that was kind of missing from them in a lot of games this season where, I mean, if you had a bingo card, I, I my bingo card did not have Center Grove making more <laughs> than Franklin. Yeah. And, I mean, the shooting from, you know, Savannah Bischoff, Audrey and A, uh, I mean, they, they've they got some girls that were able to knock down shots. Ella Hobson was hitting a bunch of floaters in the lane and things like that that you kind of wondered at the beginning of the season, all right, where's the offense going to come from? And, if, mm-hmm. you know, with all these girls coming back, no seniors on the roster, I think seeing – what Bischoff did, what Anae did, what Hobson did, what Aubrey Booker did, you know, even if it wasn't enough to – finish 
Franklin, it was at least enough there that you kind of look like, all right, there's at least something there offensively that they can build on. And if you can get those four scoring on the perimeter and then you got a big body inside with Rachel Wirtz, that I think there's some pieces there that make Center Grove pretty intriguing going forward. And it, obviously, you know, with Kevin Stuckmeyer coaching, the defense is going to be there. Mm-hmm. But I think there's at least enough tantalizing potential there that like, all right, maybe they can get a little bit more of an offensive rhythm going next year and kind of make a little bit more happen on that end where they don't have to win every game like 38-36. Like they can they can start putting some points on the board, get up into the 50s and 60s when when it's when it's warranted or when it's there. But I mean, just I was impressed with the shot making. I think the you know, Franklin was able to force them into a few too many turnovers, but yeah, the the shot making when they were able to get through the traps and whatnot, that was kind of what impressed me. And it was something I hadn't seen as much of from them when I'd watched them previously this year. Yeah. It kind of felt like in those previous, previous two matches between Franklin, that center Grove really like no one really wanted to go at the teeth of the defense and really drive. And then it kind of felt like in the weeks leading up to this game that, uh, Ella Hobson against Lawrence North, like she was just cutting all over and getting all these crazy, crazy layups and floaters, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. And it kind of has felt like, okay, if they can kind of get one of those girls to just really kind of have that, we'll talk about this later, but like Lauren Foster did last night where it's just like, okay, well, we need a bucket. So I'm going to go to mm-hmm. the rim and I'm going to score on you, like, or I'm going to get fouled. And I think yeah. if they can kind of develop that, and I think they definitely have the tools, they have the girls that, that have the that ability. It's not like you're looking at a team that doesn't have that and they're kind of making everything out of their defense. They have the girls to have a really good, a really good offensive squad, or I mean, not really good. And obviously I don't think they can ever really compete with those mixed schools. I mean, they're not going to have to compete with the mixed schools next year, but <laughs> uh, or those ACC schools. Like I don't think they really ever have that talent that of a girl that can just go, and get them a bucket whenever. But I do think they have some girls who can all kind of step up in the moment and maybe mm-hmm. maybe make a friend a little bit more difficult, send them to a, overtime or do something crazy like that against a team like this. And, you know, they, they showed the ability to grind out some really mm-hmm. good games against, you know, a Ron Colley team and a Plainfield team. Like, they were able to really grind out those overtime wins and I think seeing just how good they were defensively this year, I thought they were mm-hmm. going to take a big step back defensively. I didn't think they were going to be very good defensively this year. And they just didn't. And so it kind of makes you wonder what's the offense going to look like next year and how another year under these girls' belts where they can kind of work on the, I think a lot of the offseason is working on dribbling, finishing. Like you're not working as much as on those team aspects of it where it's like passing and shooting. And I think – I think you're just kind of working on your own skill set. And I think that's going to definitely help out a lot of these girls. And I'm very intrigued to see how next year it looks for them and what Franklin honestly brings to the table next year. Yeah. I mean, Franklin's going to be different. I think they'll look more like they did last year than they did this year, where obviously, you know, this year you've got with trailer and Brunson, two girls that, you know, and Walker also, but I mean, Girl, you know, they have a lot more options in terms of being able to get to the basket and create at the rim. Whereas, you know, last year it was maybe more, you know, you're kind of working outside in, you know, where your three point shooting is kind of the bread and butter and 
it's just you're using that to open up the lane for drives versus using drives to collapse the defense and open up three-point shots. I feel like it'll maybe go back a little bit more to you'll still have some, you know, like Walker and to an extent Eric Buning that can get into the bat, get into the paint and do some things. But, you know, I think the, the emphasis will shift a little bit more back towards, you know, Lauren and Scarlett and the three-point shooting and not necessarily that's it's not to say one's better than the other but um you know I do think they're still going to have no shortage of offensive firepower there it's just going to look a little bit different maybe with center grove it's you know that that showing on friday at least made me think that okay they don't need every game to be a rock fight in order to win it that they can come in and outscore teams potentially if maybe they, not a franklin no, but, but yeah, because I mean, Franklin can, always is going to have the the firepower. On no, them, right? but I do think they have they showed the potential to have a little bit more offensive polish than they did for much of this season. And you know, Kevin Stuckmeyer after that loss kind of talked about what it's going to be. The next step is, I mean, just really maturity. I mean, you had a lot of girls this year who were getting their first extended varsity minutes, mm-hmm. and you know, what are they going to do in the off season to kind of develop their game and kind of maybe be. You know, he talked about the intangibles. He says, you know, talent is great, but, you know, having the intangibles with the talent is what's going to make you one of those elite teams. And he's like, you know, Franklin, to an extent, has that. They've got the talent. He's like, I think they have some of the intangibles. He's like, basically, we need to get that, that maturity, those, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that don't necessarily, you know, we saw that they can knock down shots at times when they're there, but you know, what do you do on a consistent basis to create openings, create ball movement, get those shots that you can knock down and get them consistently and not just sporadically when, you know, in a desperation scramble situation when you're down by 15 points, you know, they were able to kind of make a late charge, but if they had been able to do that maybe more consistently throughout the game, that third quarter was really the difference where I think Franklin just kind of the trapping kind of got them Mm -hmm got center grove out of their rhythm and ruin like it completely killed their rhythm i mean they yeah, were they were they center, were doing really well at the half like I yeah mean, I mean, center grove, and the thing is it's like i mean center grove i think was having trouble with the traps in the first half but it was like they would kind of get forced into throwing these wild passes that occasionally would just connect and somehow find mm-hmm. somebody that was knocking down a shot like it was not it was maybe accidentally good offense at times, but <laughs> but at least they were making the shots. And yeah, then, you know, in that third quarter, it was like, okay, we're just not letting you get into any kind of rhythm to get any kind of good shots. And that third, you know, that third quarter, I think, was the difference. The third quarter was definitely the difference. Even, I mean, the the game was not. I don't even think it's close. I mean, you had Center Grove hitting some shots that typically probably aren't going in i mean like they're not like they were kind of scrambling near the end trying to like okay how do we make up this like well 10, yeah and I mean, 12 point difference to, yeah you kind of have to do some things that are and out of character all credits to them that. they definitely did hit some of those shots that i was like okay you know yeah, you need think, to hit that shot i think the you know like you said i mean i don't think the final score was indicative of you know franklin was up 16 with about five minutes left it's it was not a five seven point game in reality but i mean mm-hmm. they definitely you know whereas you know they could have just said okay we're down 16 we're gonna you know a lot of a lot of times in those situations when you get to scramble mode 
you start rushing things and missing and then you have to foul and yeah, it goes from 16 to 25. In this case, it went from 16 down to five. You know, they made the charge. They didn't quit. But I mean, I think the second half was pretty overall clearly in favor of Franklin. And yeah, I mean, they've been the best team around here all year and when they needed to be, you know, for all the, talk we've had about how close those first two center grove games were i think when it came time to okay it's go time we really need to take care of business here when it matters you know i think the better team showed itself in that situation but i think i definitely don't think that we've seen the last of this rivalry both these teams should be real and greenwood should be too yeah be really good next year i am so interested to see on who's the best team next year in this section or even in this county i mean you could make a serious argument that center grove is and i think you could also make a serious argument that franklin is like both those teams and i mean i think until franklin loses you gotta yes. give them the benefit of the i'm not i'm not i'm not saying center grove's better like let's not clip this franklin barstool like i'm not saying they're better <laughs> i'm just saying they I think you can make the case and I would listen to the, I'm not going to like be like, Oh, you're saying Edinburgh's going to be the best team in the County. And I shut up. Like, I think they are both very legitimate arguments to who, who could be the better team next year. But I definitely do think Franklin still kind of has that upper hand. And I think next year is definitely going to be very, very interesting. And I mean, yeah. Franklin still has all of this year to play. So for sure, it will be very fun to watch those teams go at it and Franklin go at it this year. Speaking of teams with bright futures and their season still going, Indian Creek um, in Class 3A, they were able to finish off their sectional on Saturday night by beating Speedway. Sam, you were at that game. Thoughts on the Braves? I've got, I've got four words. Lauren Foster, all county. She was incredible. She played the best when it mattered the most, and it was – it was great to watch her. She was just kind of everything that you would see in a, I'm not going to go on like a Lauren Foster, like fanboy ram, but she was just in the moment when it mattered the most, she was the best. And it was very great to watch considering I've watched the team with center Grove and some of these other teams that I've gone to watch. And it's just like, they didn't have that girl who would step up. I mean, Franklin, obviously not included, but Lauren Foster was just there all night. And, you know, you had girls like Faith Wiseman, who just absolute beast in the paint, was contributing heavily. Savannah Hall had a good night. Uh, she hit that, that big three. Emily Tudor had a great night also. I just think this team was a very well-rounded roster with a great player at the core of that. And they are going to be an issue for the next couple of years. And sure. I, I mean, you know, we talked, you know, you mentioned Tudor and Hall. I think they've gotten some, you know, some decent contributions from a lot of people. But I mean, in the end, uh, I think the engine driving that team right now is clearly Foster and Wiseman. I think, you know, having that inside outside combo, mm -hmm. you know, in high school girls basketball, you don't have a lot of six, four girls who can not only just be six, four, but also have athletic ability to go with it. You know, I think, if Faith wanted to focus on volleyball, she could be a D1 volleyball player. I think she's she's got an athleticism about her. You know, you can put her out on the perimeter. She can do some things. She's knocked down threes. She can she can pass. She can dribble. She can really 
do a lot of different things for you. And then obviously Foster is one, she's just a bucket, but two, she also has a tendency, I think, to, you know, she can be a playmaker and set up other people if she needs to. And, you know, those two are going to make Indian Creek very dangerous, not just this year, but over the next two years. And what's, you know, you look ahead, um, Abby Fleetwood, who played at Brown County last year and was putting mm-hmm. up like video game numbers. She <laughs> was not eligible to play varsity at Indian Creek this year, but they will have her next season. I wonder and, what those JV stats look like. That's always my favorite thing is the people that transfer and they're not eligible to play. So they're just like killing everyone on mm-hmm. JV. It's, it's quite fun to watch, to be honest. <laughs> I but mean, I mean, maybe, it's, maybe it you, be the rule. If you throw her into the mix next year, I know, you know, you got Tudor and some other people to replace, but you know, if you have a big three of Wiseman, Foster and Fleetwood at the three, eight level, that's going to be extremely difficult to beat. But you know, that's next year, this year, they've still got a, you look ahead. They didn't. They weren't able to get out of that Greencastle regional last year. I think they're a little bit more equipped to do so this year. One, you've got the experience, but two, there's not a clear. There's not a clear favorite in that bracket where it's like, oh, these guys are clearly better than Indian Creek. I think you know Indian Creek could go into some of those games against you know a Danville or a Tri West or someone like that, that as a slight underdog, but I don't think anyone in there is going to be you know, head and shoulders better than them to the point where like, okay, they can't get out of here. I think it's, I wouldn't call them the favorite going into that regional, but I think that it's certainly within the realm of reason that Indian Creek can win that regional this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I was just so impressed with them. Obviously I, I watched them against uh, Franklin and that probably was their poorest showing of yeah, Probably I mean, that I, I mean was, you, it was it was, that a, was a game for a quarter, and then Franklin kind yeah. of just turned on the afterburners. I don't think they were ready yeah. for them that night, but they. I think they've improved since that. Then by a lot, all these teams in the county, I think, have really taken this regular season, improved a lot, and I think I was just so impressed on what they were doing on the offensive and defensive end that they just look like a, a well-oiled machine, and obviously Foster's at the center of that, and they. They looked really well, and I, I wouldn't say that they are a, a like you said, underdog, like a super underdog that has no chance oh, no. to win. I could for sure see a situation where they, you know, depending on what goes down in, in Columbus and in Greencastle, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Indian Creek is the last team standing from Johnson County. You know, not to say that Franklin won't, but. You know, I yes. can, it is it is within the realm of possibility that Indian <laughs> Creek makes the deepest run of any Johnson County team. And, I mean, the only other sectional winner, I believe, was GCA. And yeah, what, does, just, what does their regional look like? Um, I don't, I'm it's it's going to be difficult. I think they've got a winnable semifinal game. They'll probably um, – I don't know which game's looking off the top of the head without looking at it, which – you know, some of these sectionals got played Saturday, some didn't. But the conventional wisdom going in, at least, was that they would probably see Bethesda Christian in the semifinal. They've already beaten them this season. Um, the problem will be um, Waldron on the other side of that bracket, who they would see in the regional final. And that that game, at least, they would be a pretty decided underdog. Um, what's impressed me about GCA is that I mean, they probably lost – you could make a case they lost the three best players in school history to graduation last year with Izzy Reed, wow. 
Brooklyn Stubblefield, Savannah Fry, you know, all 900 plus point scorers, as you read over 2000, you know, she's the county's all time scoring leader. She's the state's all time leading rebounder for girls, you know, to lose that much talent from a class A school and still be able to come back and win a sectional, get back to a regional for the fourth year in a row. Um, Ellie Bigelow got her thousandth career point on Saturday. So, I mean, that's, you know, they still, you know, Danny Simon, who was previously at Indian Creek as a freshman, I believe, um, she has given them another scoring option. They've got Dory O'Dell in the middle doing some things. And just shout out to Alan Weems. I mean, nine straight <laughs> winning seasons at a school that hadn't really had any tradition to speak of before he came there. And now he's in his last season. I think they're trying to send him out on a high note and to get back to a regional for a fourth year in a row, I think is testament to what they built over there to be able to lose a class as talented as last year's seniors and still come back and get another sectional trophy. So I think regardless of what happens this weekend with them, that, you know, they've kind of established, you know, there's a difference between the team and a program. I think, you know, a team it's like, okay, you can have one good year, two good years. And then one, if that one big class graduates, it's like, all right, we don't have it anymore. When you've got a program, okay, then it doesn't matter who's there. You're going to be a problem for people year in and year out. You just kind of establish that identity and that expectation. And I think GCA has proven that, okay, we've, we, we've done that. We don't have to have, as you read here, to win games. We don't have to have Savannah Fry here to win games, that we can still – lose talented players and still come back the next year and do the same thing. And, you know, will they get us, will they get to a semi-state again? It's a long shot, but they're still in the game. And I mean, anything can happen once you get into this point in the season, it's just get yourself here and, and then see what happens. You said programs. And I just immediately thought of Justin Bennett's Greenwood's coach, his pin tweet on its things and I think this is kind of what he's doing there and I just immediately like I had to say it and he said and it says the best programs aren't just playing for that one successful year they're playing for history for a legacy teams of significance aren't just playing for themselves their coaches or each other but also for all the people who have gone before them and have done the same work he yeah I just think that is oh and there's more sorry and lived in the same standards as well as those who will fo- who will follow in their foot initial footsteps build that kind of program, and I just think that is such a testament to what he has done, or what he's trying to do with Greenwood, and then what he, I think Indian Creek, Center Grove, and a lot of these county schools just have, and GCA included, have kind of built these great programs. Who have, you know, we have three schools who have escaped out of their sectional and are going to go play in uh, a regional game. And I think that is just a testament to all those coaches that, that they have built good programs that aren't going to just have one good year. And I think that, sorry, I just, I had to go on that little rant because I thought it was so cool that you said programs. And yeah. And I mean, that. you know, shout out to Justin Bennett for writing a lot of Sam's material tonight. That's cool. Um, also, <laughs> I mean, there is something to be said for that continuity. I mean, all three of these teams that are still standing, they all won sectionals last year too. And so it's not a flare up. These are all, teams that have started to build a solid foundation and there's in 
especially in the case of Franklin and Indian Creek, that there's most of these, most of the top level talent from these teams is going to be back. So it's not going to end here most likely. Sure. So switching gears away from basketball, (laughs) I want to touch on uh, wrestling a little bit. The the regional was at Mooresville this past weekend. Uh, Center Grove kind of had its way with everybody in the sectional, but then you throw Brownsburg who's ranked number two in the state into the mix I think people were kind of eager to see what would happen when those two teams squared off. Brownsburg wound up getting the best of them uh, in the team standings. And, you know, in the individ- I think there were six weight classes where those two schools went head-to-head, and Brownsburg, I think, took five out of the six. So, yeah. you know, kind of gives Center Grove, I guess, a barometer of where they stand. They're going to, you know, and all these people, they're going to get another crack at, these, at their Brownsburg nemeses, I guess this coming weekend at the Evansville semi-state, but, you know, Center Grove, it's kind of, I guess after kind of not really having much of a challenge to speak of in the sectional overall, that they definitely had to try to run with another one of the big dogs this weekend. And, you know, maybe this gives them a little bit more of a taste of what they would see in like a state type of setting. Yeah. I thought they were definitely way more challenged this time. Obviously they escaped all of their, weight classes but there were nowhere near as many victories in that one spot where it felt like every single guy had a chance at winning that definitely did not feel the feel like the the atmosphere i think they took away great things from this i think that Mm -hmm. was kind of the vibe i got from talking to some of the guys that okay we see how this is gonna look in the future like we are going to need to step up we're gonna need our the second best guy to best the first guy like we're gonna need and we we can't mess up where we're the best guy and we lose like i think they took away good things from this and i think it was a mm-hmm. like you said a great bar- barometer of where they need to be and the good thing for them is you know the way with the way the wrestling plays out it's i mean you can have you know say okay drake cannon takes his first loss of the year at 182 doesn't win the championship there in a basketball setting you take an L there and your season's over with wrestling. It's okay. I can take that L. I can get back up off the mat because I'm still in the top four. I'm still moving on next week. I get a chance to see that guy again. And Mm -hmm. so it's not the be all and end all that you take a few losses to Brownsburg because it's like, all right, we're still, we were still the only school in this regional that got all 14 kids moving on. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Brownsburg didn't – I think they had 13 but or 12 or 13. But, you know, Center Grove still has all 14 of their wrestlers still alive, and there's just one more hurdle to clear to get to the state finals. So, yeah, I mean, I think regardless of how many of those matches didn't go their way this past weekend, they've got to be feeling good about where they stand because they do still have everybody in position to get to the end game, and that's really – all that matters when you're talking about wrestling is just get get as many guys as you can to that state final and then roll the dice. But, you know, I think they've still got all their chess pieces on the board for that. And so, you know, they've certainly, despite the loss on the from a team standing standpoint, they've got to be feeling pretty good about how they're positioned going forward. Yeah, I think as it stands right now, this is the best county team to, like – the team with the highest chances to win a state title in the county, just because of the way we've talked about it before, but it's formatted Mm -hmm. and they just, they have 
kind of that depth where they can go into any guys that they want that could maybe get an upset and make their way to the state time tournament. And I mm-hmm. think the way it's kind of been described to me before is by Hayden is that like, you just have to win one really. And then you're, you're almost guaranteed like to get it, to get to escape. You just really have to win one. And I don't, that's probably definitely not as true in the semi-state, but I do think it's a, they have an interesting mindset on, okay, we're just going to try and, you know, you just got to punch your ticket. And I mean, yeah. really yeah. when you get to state, I mean, they've got, if you can get, you know, 10 or so guys there, you've got the Buchanan's and the Watson's that, you know, are probably going to get you to the semifinals finals. And then it's like, all right, we've got, we've got eight other bullets to fire and all yeah. these guys have a puncher's chance. How many of them can get through to the, to that top eight and get in a position to at least score some points for our team. And it's just, the more bullets you have to fire there, the better chance you have of just racking points up. So if they can get, you know, eight, 10, 12 guys out of Evansville, then they're going to be really well positioned to kind of battle with the, you know, the Brownsburgs, the crown points, the other teams at the top of the food chain that are going to have eight, nine, 10 guys there. They'll be able to kind of, play on a level playing field with them it's like all right we all got 10 guys here let's see what happens and who's got their best who's going to put their best foot forward when it matters yeah I think I mean I I don't wrestling scoring still kind of confuses me but you know you had Whiteland that I was very shocked that they did better than Franklin you know and they have the some of those guys that I think I would kind of feel disappointed in myself if I didn't bring up some of the Whiteland guys that escaped. And then you had Jacob Johnson for Franklin and he was their number one. And I think that did he, I don't know if he, he finished second. He finished. Okay. Yeah. He finished. Yeah. But he did do pretty well for them and scored some points for them. But I was pretty impressed with Whiteland because I I didn't think they would have done that well, especially. And they were, and they were not at full strength. They, you know, Keegan Grandinetti who had won the, 138 pound title at sectionals he was not able to wrestle on saturday because of a concussion Mm -hmm. so they were kind of short one of their better dudes but they still had two individual regional champions um with uh you know joe joey butler kind of redeemed himself from sectionals at 126 he got that and then you had um allen at 195 um, was their other champ. He was he won at sectional and regional. So, I mean, they, they finished third as a team at, at the regional, which – and, you know, they've got a pretty solid core of dudes, Jakari Oliver, um, some other guys there that have kind of been doing this for a while. And so, I mean, they're, they're moving quite a few guys forward as well. I mean, Whiteland should be represented at the state finals most likely. Uh, we could see Indian Creek should have – you know, Jackson Heaston is the only wrestler they have left, but he won – his weight class 113 at Bloomington this past weekend, they'll, he'll be funneling down to Evansville to link up with the rest of the County guys. But I think, you know, he has a pretty good chance of getting through to state, obviously center Grove, Franklin's got a few guys still left on the board, Johnson and Skaggs most notably in the two highest weight classes. But, um, you know, Johnson County should be very, very well represented at the state finals this year, you know, not just center Grove. I think there's plenty of other guys that are going to make some noise there. Yeah. I thought it was definitely wrestling continues to in, increase in my intri- intri- intriguing 
I'm, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I, 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 I'm trying to say I am progressively more intrigued with wrestling as it goes. And I'm definitely going to be super excited to go to the state finals and shoot for Center Grove. I don't know if you want to let me shoot for you guys, but uh, I definitely think it will be interesting. And they're going to have a lot of guys that they're going to be, like you said, represented for. Most definitely. It's a good year for the county. Um, another sport that the county has generally done well in the last few years, swimming. Um, the sectional, the girls sectional is going on while well, we're in the midst of it, actually, as we record this, but, uh, because of the way the weather messed with the schedule, they wound up doing the swimming prelims and all of the diving on Saturday. And then the swimming finals will be contested Monday evening at center Grove. Uh, we watched the diving and as you know, I had said last week or the week before, I think we're pretty fortunate here with you know, three returning girls, all sophomores, who scored at the state meet as freshmen last year in diving. We got a chance to see all of them on Saturday. Um, obviously, Mia Persecki from Center Grove, kind of the class of that group, uh, won, winning the sectional for the second year in a row. But Ella Taylor from Indian Creek was basically right behind her, um, you know, 460-something, and, you know, almost broke Indian Creek school record, which she already holds. And then um, Cammie Quiggins from Franklin, who also was 14th in the state last year, one spot behind Taylor. Um, she is advancing also. She was fourth at a very strong sectional. Um, she wasn't thrilled with her performance, but, you know, said, you know, the goal was to move on. Just like it is for wrestling. You, with diving, you crack that top four, you move on to the next round. And so mm-hmm. they're all advancing to the regional at Jasper on Tuesday and trying to get back to the state meet for a second year in a row. But I think, you know, from what I saw from Mia on Saturday, and she didn't seem to think it was her best performance, but, I mean, to be in the 490s again with just a, what you consider not your best effort, I mean, she's <laughs> she's on kind of another level. And yeah. Just, I mean, I think she has to be, after finishing second in the state last year, I think she's definitely probably the favorite to – win that this year but and I think that Ella Taylor kind of showed that she's kind of primed to jockey for a a podium finish this year too after finishing 13th last year she was pretty happy with how she dove on Saturday but I was really really impressed with those those three local girls and kind of what they bring to the table there yeah, I mean, on the point watch wise, Senegro picked up some noticeable points there. But yeah, like you said, they all three of those girls have done really well so far. And I think, you know, you could have a situation where all three of them are on the podium and they have been quite impressive. But yeah, I think kind of you we joked about this a little bit, but the point watching is a big part of diving. It's like you you because like you know, it's all connected to swimming, even though it's, it doesn't seem like it at times. But Cinegro picked yeah. up how many points? You probably have a better feel on this than so me. It was 45, 45 to 23. So, yeah, I mean, yeah Center Grove kind of takes that advantage into the swimming mm-hmm. finals. And based on how the prelims went, you know, you get slotted into after the prelims are either in that A final, which is the top eight. And once you get into that, the worst you can finish is eighth. So, you know, a lot of kids that, lock themselves into top eight finishes. I think Center Grove really put themselves in a good position. It's going to take mm-hmm. – I think it is – I've been told by some of the coaches that it is mathematically possible for Franklin to win. 
but it is definitely going to be an uphill climb for them. If you score it off of the preliminaries and all the places hold, you know, center Grove is going to have themselves, you know, they're basically sitting on what amounts to about a 60 point advantage, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 22 of those points already being banked with diving, but, you know, just based on where everybody finished in the prelims. And obviously some of that's going to shift because some kids are swimming to make their best perform, make base basically make their best swims in the prelims just to make the top eight. Whereas other kids are kind of holding back a gear. So I think, you know, some of that positioning will change. And I think Franklin will make it closer than what the preliminary scores indicate, but it's still going to take a very much an uphill climb, I think for them to make up, that entire difference. So, you know, looking pretty good right now to end Franklin's six year run of sectional titles. I don't think Franklin will go down easily. They're going to put forth a fight. And I do think, like I said, it will be closer than the 50, 60 point margin that the prelims would indicate. But I do think, you know, center Grove certainly has the edge going into this because of the superior depth there, you know, their second and third swimmers were, position themselves to pick up a lot more points than than Franklin's second or third swimmers did and kind of negate that top heaviness that Franklin has that you know is going to enable them to get first place in most of the individual events but it's just the depth behind it is not to the level that Center Grove has yeah I think Center Grove has kind of positioned themselves to be in that spot where they they have it in the bag, they just kind of gotta swim like they should. Maybe sometimes swim a little bit better than they should, and not have Franklin swim way better than they should. And I think they've kind of got this in the bag. And I think you know you can't ever count like you always say to me. You can't ever count the champ out until they've lost. Um, mm-hmm. No, you gotta you gotta knock but, the champ out. But I do think Center Grove definitely looks like the favorite going into it so far mm-hmm. or and i think it's going to be very very interesting to see how i mean what six years and then you know maybe the boys also you know that's been nine years for them i think and it has. It, it, i will be love to see the celebrations of what center will look like some would say they're barbaric but you know <laughs> i just think it it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out and you know, who has this one of their life where they place way higher than they should have. And And the other thing to watch with this, and we'll get into it more after the meet, as we look ahead to the state meet, I think we'll put another one together later this week, but it's not just swimming for sectional points. You're also swimming for spots in the state meet. And especially here where you're looking at one of the faster sectionals in the state, there's an expectation for a lot of these girls that it's they're not just swimming for, oh, I want to be top three in the sectional. I want to win a sectional championship. It's, I want to get to the state meet. Mm-hmm. And obviously with Franklin's, a lot of, you know, Franklin's top girls are either expected to get there or have been there before, you know, with, uh, you know, Paige Lawrence, Allie Lacey, and now Lily Ratzlaff. All three of them, I think, are expected to, make state in both of their events. Franklin's hopeful to get another couple individuals through. Um, and then, you know, try to get a couple of relays out of there as well. So there, there's all, you know, the, it's not just worrying about sectional placement. It's all, it's also looking ahead to that following week and kind of positioning yourself to 
you know, like we said with wrestling, have as many bullets to fire as possible. You want to get as many kids forward. And so that's what Center Grove is looking to do. That's what Franklin's looking to do. That's what Greenwood's looking to do. And just get as many kids forward. I think, you know, a lot of these county teams now, Greenwood has kind of joined that club of, you know, we don't just expect to do well at the sectional. We expect mm-hmm. to get to state and we expect to score points at state. And you had literally all five Johnson County teams, I guess, you know, not counting GCA, which is a one person team. Shout out to Sarah Ziegler. Um, that the five that actually field full teams all scored points at state last year in the girls meet. And I think there's a reasonable expectation that, you know, with the possible exception of Whiteland that, you know, I think the, the four of the other five could score, should score points there again this year. And Franklin is looking for what would be their fifth straight top five finish on the girls side. So, and I, th- I do think even though they don't have the depth that, you know, might, that might, the lack of depth that might do them in on Monday, they still have that star power at the top. I think that puts them in the mix to finish top five, top 10 again at the state meet, because, when you get up there and you have more teams, the depth matters less. So you could see Franklin, like I said, finish top five in the state, but not win their sectional. And that's a very realistic scenario, honestly, as we look ahead to, to Monday's sectional final. I think, you know, I was calling I was calling Franklin the favorite, I think, for most of the season, just based on one, what they had done previously, and just now he's going to defend himself. Now he's going to defend his take. It is what it is, man. It's, I mean, there's, <laughs> you, you still, hey, we, all, we all have bad takes. We all have bad. It's okay, Ryan. You can admit it. No, it's just, I mean, Center Grove has a good team. They, it's not, I've never said they don't have a good team. And I you had thought, a bad take. Boom. No, Glad I we did, agree. <laughs> I did. I did say I thought that the star power on Franklin's side would be enough to overcome the depth on Center Grove side. But, you know, those two, like I said, those second and third swimmers from Center Grove really, really rose to the occasion mm-hmm. and on Saturday. And they got enough people positioned in those top eight spots that, like I said, it's, it's feasible that Franklin – it's possible for Franklin to win. But at this point, it's going to be very difficult for them to do so. For sure. And I think so. it will be very interesting to see just how this all pans out because, you know – Center Grove is in position to win, but you can never really count Franklin out with the way that they're built right now. And they've built, mm-hmm. been built for the back, past couple of years. But we will be super interested to see how all these, you know, the sectional for swim and then the sectional for, or I mean, not sectional, semi-state for uh, wrestling and then regionals for girls basketball. And we'll be mm-hmm. bringing you more coming soon, very, very soon. But I yeah. think we're doing a swimming episode midweek. Which will yeah. Be once we know who's once we know who's moving forward, we'll uh, kind of take stock of how the county teams look going into the girls' state meet, and you know, hopefully, we'll have quite a few girls to talk about after after Monday's sectional. We'll see who gets through, but like I said, I think Johnson County will again be very well represented on that state stage at the NAT this coming weekend, next weekend. Yeah, yeah, should be great. It will well, be very fun, and I will be excited to go to another state meet so you know another center grove and johnson county person represented there i mean for what i cover so i'm excited and i know you are also very excited for this so oh it'd be great i absolutely love going on the nat the atmosphere is is unmatched it's just a really intense experience and 
chances, you know, most years you go, you're going to probably see a future Olympian there because Indiana has really some of the best swimming in the country. And it's really fun to watch up close to see some of those elite girls compete. So, yeah, always a good time. Highly recommended. And, um, yeah, we'll be back to talk about it later this week, hopefully with another guest or two. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I want to, again, thank Scarlett Kimbrell and Lauren Clem for coming through earlier and talking basketball with us. And they'll be back in action at Columbus North this weekend. We'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about going forward. So yeah. we'll come back and do it. It so, will be very fun and very exciting. I'm super excited for this postseason run. Yeah, for sure. Thank We're you all right for listening. Yep. Indeed. For, uh, for Sam Finley, Ryan O'Leary, we are the Unbeatables. We out.